From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more corner pocket. Now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy. And Corey Wake up. What is up, everybody? Coming up on today's show on Wake Up Warchant, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Renegade Express taking all the questions from our valued subscribers on Warchant.com's Tribal Council. Wake Up War Champ presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Daily lunch specials, 8.99, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. Wednesdays, we have a quasi-Cuban. Pressed ham and Swiss sandwich. Grilled caramelized ham topped with melted Swiss. Pressed and toasted. Served with horsey sauce and pickles. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. CPTallyBar.com is a website. You can always pull out that phone of yours. Get the camera app open. Take a photo. That QR code takes you right to the website. 2475 Appalachia Parkway, top floor. Cannot miss it. Warchant.com, the ultimate civil sports source. Thumbs up, subscribe. YouTube, subscribe. iTunes, podcast app, whatever they call it on the iOS devices. Big time game this weekend. Thanks for being here. Hope you have uh, a happy Thanksgiving coming up, everybody. Uh, Corey saved me. I'm talking too much. I'm already tongue-tied. we got like an hour more to go probably. Man, How are this you? Is, and this is essentially live. We're recording this thing so late. <laughs> you you early risers, you're basically listening to us fresh off the dome like it just happened. Yeah. Um, I should put it we, – we should mention that Corner Pocket will actually – I think I've mentioned this before. Yes. They'll actually be open Thanksgiving night. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you're in town, I think they open it at 5, 5 or 6. It's going to have a limited menu, but, you know, you're not – you don't always go to Corner Pocket for the great food. Uh, but, yeah, the, and there's good football on Thursday night. There's some intriguing games, NFL and college. So if you're looking for something to do to get out of the house before the big game on Friday, you want to get like a tailgating big night before a game feel, Corner Pocket might be the place to be on Thursday night. Get away from the family for a little bit. We all know they drive you crazy. <laughs> big time game Thursday. Lane Kiffin swan song at Ole Miss most likely. Mm. That's right. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, the way he trolled that reporter, he can't do it now almost. I mean, he'd look like a complete fool if he did it now. Um, well, what so, if, yeah. What if he uh, announces on Saturday he's going? Because the tweet was that he's going to step down Friday. So oh, if he steps down go. Saturday, I think he'll be like, well, hey, 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 hey. Yeah. Yeah, he'll probably have that guy announce it, Noah Lane. Like he'll <laughs> he'll he'll go on that guy's show to announce it. All right, let's get to it. We do have uh, families to get to. Well, at least Corey does. I got to mm. drive. I got a bunch of asphalt to get on. Well, Sam, you're going to your mom, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm driving. Well, that down. counts as family. Yeah, well, you know, I know you haven't created your own yet. I There's still time. Uh, There's still time, man. <laughs> such a nice guy sometimes, Corey. <laughs> but then you're really mean to me sometimes too. So it all evens out. Sam M H and Teacher Noel uh, basically want to talk about Anthony Richardson. Uh, Sam M H says, "Wake up." What's our best chance to stop Richardson? I suspect they will struggle to run up the middle if we can clamp down Richardson's run game. And outside of Richardson, who or what is your biggest concern about Florida, says Teacher Noel. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a good offensive line in general. Um, and, and just, you know, yeah, and he's the most competent quarterback they've faced in uh, well over a month. And, yeah, I mean, I just I, I think that there's, there's that. The offense worries you. A little bit. Richardson worries you. And, and I, I brought this up on headlines, Aslan. Like, as well as Florida State's played, and they've played really well, what, name the four best quarterbacks you think Florida State has faced this year. Mm. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, Jaden Daniels, 
Okay. DJ Uyunglele. Okay. Sam Hartman. All right. And um, I'll I'll throw Malik Cunningham out there for you. Okay. Thank you. All of those all of those teams, save for Jaden Daniels in his first game um, at LSU, all scored over thirty points against this defense. Oh. The the point being. As well, well, maybe I don't. What did Wake end up with? Didn't they end up with thirty-one? No, they held um, them under. Right, it was in a twenty-eight. We're like, because it might have been. I thought they kicked a field goal there to to make it thirty-one to put the game away. I, I could be wrong, but either way, they scored over 31, twenty-eight. Thirty-one, twenty-one. Sorry, I nailed it. And then Louisville scored what? No, don't put me on the spot like that. I thought you were looking at the results. I thought it was right there. I at just your fingertips. Google. I just Google Wake Forest. Oh, uh, my fault. My did. fault. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I I threw that stat out there, not knowing the the answer, but. Yeah, so that's what worries me is they faced four, in my opinion, four competent quarterbacks this year, and all four scored in the neighborhood of 30 points against them. Oh, man. Daniel scored 23, but that was his first game. The last three, Hartman, DJ, who who I think is worth it, worse than Anthony Richardson, really? and Malik Cunningham all put up 30. So that's all. That's that 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 concerns me a little bit because you haven't stopped a good quarterback yet. But you can. This is a different defense. And against two of those, against the last three of those guys, you didn't have Fabian Lovett. I wish I'd known that before I made my game prediction on the War Chant report. I was I was drunk AF on Kool Aid on my pick. That's um, yeah, they thirty one from Louisville. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That was a while ago. That was that was October. Yeah, but again, they September. they also didn't have Fabian Lovett. It's they're playing much better than they did during yeah. that stretch where they played uh, DJ and, and Hartman and even Cunningham for that matter, but. You know, that's just you, you you they've looked great against bad offenses. Bad offenses with either backup quarterbacks or not good quarterbacks or injured quarterbacks. This is a guy that's trying to play his way into the NFL draft. He is big, he's strong, he's supremely talented. He's not great, but he's very, very talented. So that worries you. There's the wild card of him just playing out of his mind. Yeah. And you not being used to playing a quarterback quite like this. But even if he plays well, like I, I, you, you wouldn't even if they score thirty, Aslan. Even if they make that magic number, if Florida scores thirty, oh, right in, right on that number, they should lose because Florida State should have more than thirty points. Well said. Yeah, I mean, I, the best way to the best chance of stopping him is just to get home with four. Like your four. I mean, Fabian and, and Coop, which Adam Fuller, check out the interview after practice Tuesday. It was really complimentary about just how unheralded they are. I mean, you know, nationally, I know we all appreciate Fabian because we didn't have him for a few games, but just the way they're able to collapse the pocket so often and not let, you know, the shape of the pocket take hold is just it's been really consistent the way they've been able to play. So if they if, if Jared Verse can get home and Fabian and Robert can muck up the middle, um, you know, that's the best way to stop this guy because yeah. Uh, you know, even if they force him in the third and longs and stuff, I mean, I don't know if they have to mix in some zone core so they're not having their back to him, you know, the cornerbacks and things. But I don't know. I think Jamie – I know Jamie is much more is, – is you know, Anthony Richardson is much larger than Jamie, but Jamie's physical enough, I think. And Akeem, Akeem's good for a missed tackle every now and then, it feels like, in a big-time situation. But he does take good angles. I mean, he, he knows how to chop a guy down. So tackle him well. Uh, get home with your four dudes, and you know I think that's they're covering well enough. He, I know he threw for four yards against Vanderbilt, but what I saw against Vanderbilt and what I saw against South Carolina, uh, I credit that mainly to just sloppy play. 
not so much him being fantastic. But he is talented, man. You know, Adam Fuller said he's like a third baseman throwing the football. It's effortless. But, you know, he'll be running around for his life, hopefully. Let's slow him down that way. Mm, there you go. Noel Boyo, too. Hey, Aslan and Corey, wake up. I don't hate a lot of things in this world, but I hate the Florida Gators. My question involves crowds. 2011 Oklahoma, 98 Florida, excluding those. What game would you compare, I guess, what we assume the stadium is going to be like on Friday? Um. Yeah, man, let's see it. Uh, let me see what it looks like first. I mean, I, I think there's a really good chance it's going to be electric, like, uh, you know, 14 Notre Dame electric. Oh, but, no, no. So maybe 2021 20, Notre Dame. Well, I, 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 I am of the opinion that the people that care about this program love this football team and would love to show them how much they love this football team. It's given them joy again. They've, it's made Saturdays fun. Well, I guess Saturdays and Sundays and Fridays with this schedule. But I, I think they really do want to come up and come out and show how much they've enjoyed this season because they've been lost in the wilderness for so long. So to me, that's why it even feels different than – it feels bigger than 21 Notre Dame. It, it just feels like this – because this team has earned it. 2021 Notre Dame coming off that awful 2020 season. You just, I mean, it was, it got, it got juice, juiced up when McKenzie Milton came in the game and started making throws. But I think this will have a feel of, of that, just the anticipation and the hype to celebrate this team. Probably not on the 14 Notre Dame level. Let's say, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I really don't know. 16 Florida? Yeah. Maybe that. I mean, I know you're saying 14, just there was, you were living and dying on every snap because it meant, chasing another national title that that's not on the line here and Notre Dame 2021 understand what you're saying you know you're coming off that year you did you're going to this game thinking you're going to win we don't necessarily think we were going to win last year against Notre Dame it was just like let's go out there and play hard and show that we've grown but this game is like yeah we're 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 all going to Tallahassee to watch Florida State thump Florida so there is going to be like a rabid sort of tinge to the night Mm. But yeah, probably like 16 Florida. I mean, not, not to be a total cop-out, but listen, man, you know, circumstances matter. It also is the Friday after Thanksgiving, too. We're all going to be having a little bit of itis still. Carbs still sitting in us. Oh, you can't think that. Well, the, uh, what's that in the turkey, that uh, the tryptophan trypto, trypto or whatever it yeah, is? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, But, yeah, we'll see how the, the crowd looks. You'll you'll get a firsthand look at it throughout the game. I'll. I'll be atop the Hotel Indigo. Pre-game show starts at uh, 4.30. Right. Doors open mm-hmm. at 4. Come join us. Hotel Indigo. Pre-game show. War Chant Game Day presented by Zaxby's. Zaxby's of Tallahassee. Uh, Noel Kurt, 27. Wake up. Interested to see who you think will be back next year. Between Verse, Lovett, Jamie, Akeem, Kalen, Tatum, how many do you think return? I'm thinking it's most likely the first three leave. That would be Verse... Fabian and Jamie, but hopefully we get both linebackers and Dent back. What say you? Go Knowles. I mean, I'm not trying to be rude to those the the last three kids you mentioned, but I I don't know where they are. They leaving for the NFL? Like I don't I don't know that any of look Tatum Bethune. Just I, he's been a nice player, a very nice player. I, I don't know that he's an NFL draft pick. Deloach either, or Akeem Dent for that matter. I you know I would be. Just because you're a multi-year starter at Florida State doesn't mean you should be contemplating leaving for the NFL draft. I think I think the first three, um, I would be surprised if 
any of those three came back. The last three, I think I would be surprised the opposite. Okay. That seemed fair? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. We had Kalen on the Coop show earlier in the year, you know, when they were like three and zero, I think, or whatever. And it was like uh, somebody asked about NFL aspiration or something. He was like, "Yeah, we'll see." Somebody asked him how fast he is. You'll see. You'll see how how fast I'll run at pro day. And I was mm. like, "What? What would like pro day twenty twenty two or pro day twenty twenty three? He's like, "Oh, we'll we'll see how the rest of the season goes." So I think he was probably aiming for the moon in September. Yeah, but I think now. Like, all right, let me let me put another year of film because that will I, I also bring this up a lot. And I know some kids are in a rush to go play in the league. But when you when you're a fringe guy and I and, and I guess Deloach would be considered a fringe guy. I, I think he's less than that, honestly. And I mean, by like right now, pro is if he's on the NFL radar, that would really surprise me. Um, so I don't mean less than I mean, he could play in the he could get he could be good enough to play in the league. I don't know. But. There is something to be said for it's not just stay in school and get your education. How's about staying in school and getting your food and lodging paid for? Yeah, you Instead of going point. out in the real world and, and having to do it yourself on who knows if you get a check. Like, there's no guarantee you're going to get paid at all. If you come back and play at Florida State, yeah, Kalen Deloach isn't going to get Jordan Travis NIL money, but he'll get some stuff. He'll, he'll, get, a, he'll get a nice little chunk. Plus... He gets a scholarship where his lodging and food are paid for. So that, that to me, seems pretty cool. That's a pretty cool way to live. Um, so I think with guys like that, I just think it would be, you know, it would be a, a mistake to, because you're going you're gonna to be in the real world soon enough. And it's going to slap you in the face, gang. We've all lived it. It's going to slap you in the face. You might not have a paycheck. In your in your chosen profession, which for Kalen would be football, if he, if he doesn't make a team, he what what now? I mean, what now? You don't get to play football anymore, or you can come back play for what I think will be a top fifteen preseason team, and uh, have make a run at something special, and uh, get a little side, get a little chunk chunk of change too, and all the food you can eat, all the honey fried chicken you want. They still serve that at the Fig. I think so. I think all so. Right. Yeah. Good. By the way, uh, speaking of Jordan, I wish I wish you would have texted me as well about, but you did it afterwards about if anybody asked him if he's going to participate in Senior Day uh, festivities. That would have mm. been a really good. That would have been a really good question. But, it's odd that you didn't think of that, Aslan. I yeah. thought that would have been your. That's your bag. Yeah. Didn't you ask Fabian about it? Asked about accepting the Senior uh, Bowl oh. invite. Oh. oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I guess we'll all find find out soon enough. I would be surprised. If I'm advising Jordan Travis, I wouldn't tip my hand by walking on senior day. I want to leave the door open, get a little negotiate, a little negotiation tactic. Like I'm not going to walk. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say that I'm not coming back. I, I'm not going to walk. I'm still just a junior technically, but I, I want. I want some. Uh, I want a reason to come back, gang. But I was. I was thinking. I was talking about this with Iron Jeff, and I know we got a ton of questions. Just real quick. Yeah. They're going to lose the two guards. Right. There is a chance, and I think a better than not chance, that everybody else on the offense besides Pokey Wilson, Dylan Gibbons, and Demetri Emanuel come back. And I'm talking about Micah, obviously, Trey, Johnny Wilson, Jordan Travis. You think about this offense with another year with this guy running it, and I mean this guy being Jordan Travis, but also the other guy calling plays, and Alex Atkins getting this offensive line better and better. 
you are going to be bringing back one of the five off best offenses in the country, and it's coming back not intact because Gibbons and Emmanuel are important, but you've got a lot of guards and the portal's open too. That that you you well, they're, go they're into next punt. season. They're never going to punt. Like what? Well, How can they I'm get thinking, like? Don't you go into next season thinking, good grief, man, they're yeah. going to average forty points a game. Yeah. What a cool place for Florida State fans to be. That's why it's very, very important that 13 comes back because you don't, you do not think that no matter who you get in the portal or if Rodemaker's the starter, you're not thinking it's going to run like this. It could, I'm not saying it wouldn't, but you know what this thing looks like with Jordan Travis running it. Yeah. Spartan Knoll 71, Aloha guys. How's it? That's our guy, Ralph Hawaii. No question. Just wanted to extend a heartfelt wish for your families and the entire war chant Ohana to have a happy and blessed Thanksgiving. As we think about the things we are most thankful, I pray that we also think about the less fortunate who might be in need this year. Right on, Ralph. Well said. Amen, man. Ralph. What a sentiment. Yeah. Not sure how the holiday bowl is looking, so might be a little bit while until we see you, Ralph. But uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and yours, friend. Random well, underscore come, John. Will he come? He'll come next year, maybe in Orlando for the LSU game, yeah. and maybe make that a week trip where he's in Orlando and then Tallahassee for the Southern Miss game that Saturday. All right. It's, I hope so, Ralph. Make it happen, buddy. I don't want to look it up though. Is LSU? Is that Labor Day weekend again? Yeah, man. Okay. It's that Sunday again, okay. and then they play Southern Miss the following Saturday. Okay. Cool. Random underscore John. Good morning, guys. My apologies for not asking a question last week. Um, I was out due to surgery. I'm oh. back now and clear. That's to get not a good enough excuse. <laughs> I'm back and clear to once again ask questions and operate heavy machinery. So let's get to it. Oh, congrats. To what do you attribute our offensive line success this year? Do they do more push-ups, get better leg braces? Did Corey ask them a question that got them all fired up like Mike mm. last year? What is it? It's not like Atkins is saying prettier words this year versus previous years. Uh, he is not. He is not. I mean, for the last five years, our offensive line cannot block anyone. Magically, they're one of the most dominant units on the team. Just how? Support all the sponsors. Subscribe for 10 bucks. Happy Thanksgiving. Go Knowles. Suck it, Gators. So uh, he is now a semifinalist for the Broyles Award, too, yeah. for the top assistant. I would give it to him. I think they should rename it uh, for, for to Al the Alex Atkins Award for what he's done with this unit. I don't think people outside of Tallahassee or Florida State fans really appreciate what a travesty that position was for so long. And now it's one of the best units in the country. Um, I, I mean, just production-wise. And look, I think, number one, you've got, you got big dudes that transferred in that were the right kind of players. Dylan Gibbons has been a huge, huge part of this team and a huge part of what they've done. Um, he's, you know, he's probably their most consistent lineman. He kind of showed them the way, too. He was a great example. Yeah. For the younger guys, um, Demetri Emanuel's fit right in, and I, you know, I think there's there's something to be said for just getting bigger and better. And Robert Scott, Maurice Smith, Darius Washington have just gotten they they you know they haven't had a surgery in five months. Any of them? That's good news. They've just gotten better. They've gotten better and bigger. Um, I think Maurice Smith was challenged by Caden Lyles coming in. He took that personally, whether he'd say it or not. And, you know, Robert Scott and, and Darius Washington have gotten better. And that's what's supposed to happen. The problem was they they, they they had some talent. You could see that. But they were so young and too weak. So they kind of got manhandled when they were thrown into the fire. Because most would. Look, the guys that Georgia recruits, 
they might they might have a true freshman or a redshirt freshman that can come in and they're so physically dominant they can keep up with college defensive linemen. He didn't. Th- th- these guys that Florida State was recruiting in 2018, 19, and 20, they weren't they weren't fishing from the same lake there. So they don't get linemen like that, the ready-made linemen. They have to develop them, and they've been developed by a very very good coach. He's so good. At, so yeah, I think it's I think it's development. I think it's just those guys getting stronger. A full season in the weight room, full two full off seasons in the weight room, um, having some veteran leadership to learn from. These these transfers coming in have been great, just for the the room. And then yeah, Alex Atkins is great at his job. Yeah, I mean Maurice is healthy. That helps. He's playing with a bad back. That's not great yeah. when you're a center. Um, I think a lot of it is confidence. Just that what Alex Atkins has empowered them with, and then and the continuity they have, plus just everything working. I mean, even the receivers, just the talent there, and the fact that they can be so balanced offensively, you really can't pin your ears back and just get upfield and chase after this quarterback. Uh, you have to sell out and try to stop the run sometimes, and then they're going to throw it on you. I mean, I think the fact that they are so unpredictable offensively is keeping defenses can't be nearly as aggressive as they want to be. And, and this offensive line is accepting that and, and using that opportunity to be bullies themselves and, and just put the fight to, to the defensive line they're going up against. So there's a lot of things in the mix there. I think the health of obviously Robert, uh, I'm sorry, Maurice, I think Corey's point, I think the camaraderie we've heard about it. Anytime we've asked uh, any of the guys that have been on the show with Robert Cooper that played on the offensive line, Demetri Manuel's on the show. I think Robert Scott's been on that show, and they do talk about the camaraderie. And that's one of the, the segments, right, Corey? If, if you're going to, you know, you all need to be in it together and have each other's back to the hilt, like offensive line is where it's at. So they've all embraced that, and Dylan Gibbons has also been instrumental in that too. So um, it's incredible, man, this offensive line. Although we'll see how this 400-pound guy does over poor Maurice. Get low, Maurice. Get low. I mean, I feel like they're gonna they're probably run away from him. Yeah. They'll they'll probably have a good strategy to keep away stay away from him. Island Chief, wake up. Teams that rebound from three game skids in football after a losing season the previous year and the year before that rarely look like this. In homage to Ira, two questions. Hmm. Have your opinions on the importance of culture changed? Secondly, we're averaging thirty five point four points per game. Will that average be higher or lower after Friday's game? Happy Thanksgiving. Safe travels to all. And on Friday, beat the stupid out of the Gators. Nice. I feel like the culture question is probably for you. Why do you say that? Why is it for me? I mean, I think I've always preached the uh, importance of culture, and I'd always compare it to Leonard's team. Okay. And you yeah, always kind of you didn't poo poo it, but you you know just it felt like at times you're rolling your it's eyes. It's a, a little shield. Bit it's just such a shield. I feel like you know how much time do you need for culture? Uh, we you know once you establish but you see it, you see it yeah. in you see it right now. You see yeah. what how important it is, right? That that's you know you see how important it is because this isn't this isn't the most talented team we've ever seen. It's not the most talented team, um, you know, Georgia Tech or Miami have played. But it's the one that beat the tar out of the most. Like, and I think a lot of that just has to do with what he that 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 word. I just do. I think that word has that word has me feeling much more confident about this thing moving forward than anything else. Because I think that culture stays. I think that culture is fixed. And now, I think he will be a good enough recruiter 
to flood that culture with the right type of NFL talent. Let's put it that way. But you don't, yeah, I, I just think it's, I think it's, it, it can be, it's very, very important. Long term. Yeah, you have to maintain. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, Alabama's done and Kirby's kind of maybe figured it out. And, and what know. Jimbo couldn't, clearly, and, and, and what Cla- Dabo, Dabo has. Dabo, yeah. Yeah, Dabo I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to do the Jimbo thing. Like, not easier. I mean, it's, you see a lot more cases of Jimbo. Teams that come up, have a couple really good years, and then kind of slowly dwindle back down. You know, the, 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 that's why Saban and Kirby and Dabo get all the money because it's not, this is rare what these guys are doing. I think Kirby's in that, certainly in that conversation now. Yeah, it's, it's part of the mix. And to say, and I'm not, you know, this is, I don't know. I mean, it's ridiculous to say we're just going to get 1% better every day. It's ridiculous to say it's about us and it's not about the other team. It is. And, and to make, to make people believe that takes something pretty special, or you need to be—I don't, I don't, I don't know what other word adjective to use besides special. But he's figured it out. I mean, the whole well, trust the process yeah, thing. And now yeah. I'm not—I'm, not, I'm, I'm, you know, it's a backhanded compliment almost. Like this whole trust the process thing. Like I get it; it makes sense. Don't fo- don't focus on the result. Focus on the process, and everything will take care of itself. I get that, man, but still, like, I need to worry about the, the final result, don't I? And when you can get people to believe that and follow it and execute it, then you start building something. So the fact that they have really kind of hunkered down and, and rallied around all this stuff and, you know, we don't worry about who it is, we're focusing on us, I mean, they really do believe that. Um, and they practice hard and they're disciplined yeah. and they're make there's attention to details. I mean, that's all part of culture as well. Um it's taken hold. I mean, he's been preaching this stuff the whole time. I mean, nothing has changed in terms of the way he's run practice, the way he holds his, this team accountable. There's also a lot better players here now. They finally have a quarterback, and they believe in him, and he believes in himself. That also helps. But maybe the culture is what helped create some of the confidence. I'm not saying it's no part of it. It is part of it. I probably will never admit how important it really is because I'm just going to hunker down on that. I usually do come around and admit when I'm wrong on things. But this is one of those things where I just, I'll never fully – put my arms around it but yes it's part of the mix yes and i and i think that when you look at what you're hoping for in the future so they're gonna they're gonna bring in what 25 new guys next year hopefully you have all a lot of the right guys coming back in those 25 new guys you know nine of them will be from different schools probably that played somewhere else you have to ingrain them in the way you do it and i think what's really starting to be fun about this program and what should take hold is imagine all those offensive guys coming back and you get four or five hot shot defensive transfers in here. Well, they got to fit into the Florida State way. Like, there is a way, and I think these players will hold them accountable. I think you're starting to see that. Like, no, no, this is how we practice. We get up at 5.30 in the morning when the rooster crows. I know you're used to practicing at 2. Uh-uh, playboy. We're practicing at 8. We're up, we're up with the sun. But I, I, this is how we do it. And I think these guys are starting to take pride in what they're doing. Not starting to, they are. And this is the Florida State way, quote unquote. I just think that 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 it's it's cool that they can indoctrinate that with these new guys that come in, and they will. You have to adjust to the Florida. You're not going to adjust to the player. The player has to adjust to you, and that's how it will be. Now you'll you'll get these guys that come in, and they'll they'll know what they're supposed to be doing. And if they don't play hard, and if they don't practice hard, they will stand out. Then look like an idiot because everybody else on that field is. Sports betting's intense enough. You shouldn't have to sweat payouts. My bookie has a no-strings bonus that lets you cash in and cash out quick. Using the bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount once, 
and then you're ready to cash out. No strings attached. Use the promo code WARCHANT. We're back to using WARCHANT. We figured it out, everybody. Thank goodness. Mm. And if you use that on a deposit of $50 or more, you could receive up to $200 in cash instantly to your MyBookie account. Hammer the bonus. MyBookie.ag. Promo code WARCHANT so you can focus on what's important Thursday. That's Thanksgiving week and Friday and Saturday as well. Family food, securing the money back. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere, only with my bookie. Line still nine and a half for Florida State. Total points, 58, which we didn't answer uh, the second part of Island Chief's question. 35.4 points per game average. Corey, uh, higher or lower after Friday's game? I think higher. They'll score more than 35. I think, well, will they score 36? Because I think if they score 36, the number stays at 35.4. I, I don't think you'd, I think it'll go down. I think it'll go down by 1.1. One one yeah, one tenth. All right. So I think that probably means they score 30, maybe. I don't know, though, man. I there, There's a part of me that thinks that they could put up mid 40s. Okay. So do I. That's I just, I I, yeah, I I really do think there's a, there's a decent chance that that happens. Um, Hey, the the starting the maybe they play all four quarters. The starters that'd be something, but yeah, I just wonder again. Rivalry games are goofy, um, and you just hope they they don't make mistakes. If they don't make mistakes, I know that's easy to say. If they don't do don't have dumb penalties or bad turnovers, it's just it's hard to see them not scoring seven six or seven times. Yeah. Mybucky.ag again. Use that promo code WarChant. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 901. That's a Memphis area code, I think. Wake up. I know recruiting is really dependent on product. Langston confirmed as much. But for in-state rivalry games like this, how big of a difference is a 7-point win versus a 30-point win? Obviously, it makes a difference, but does that put us two years ahead or only one year ahead, or what do you think? I, You know, look, if you go and win this game, like, say, 44 to 14, after beating your other in-state rival 45 to 3, again, I don't I don't think you're swaying many people in this class because that, that hay is almost in the barn. Right, that's the saying, right? Or is yeah. the hay out of the barn? No, you're correct. Yeah, the horse you is out the of the barn. The barn. Yeah, Hay's the horse out. is out the barn. Hay's in the barn. Horse is some, some bad ideas. Something's bad out there, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think for the 2024 class, how can you not notice that? You know, I, I, I think what happens in May with the draft is also important, but I, I think if you were hammering your in-state rivals, not beating them on a fourth and 14 in the final minute, but hammering them, I, I yes, I, I think that somebody that's, that's 50, 50 or maybe leaning 60, 40 to Florida 
because they think, oh, Billy Napier is going to have this thing rolling. Oh, wait, they just lost by 40 points to Florida State. And Florida State's done what this year? And they did what to Miami? Like, I think that you, I think that really does matter. I, I don't, I don't know that a seven-point win with teams with similar-ish records, not championship records. Um, either way, like a seven-point win or a seven-point loss, I don't know that 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 does. That's just so happenstance. Like it could have just been a couple of plays here and there. But if you beat them by forty, there's no doubt who has the better program at the moment. And I think you know you'd leave no doubt, man. Let's go to our guy, Mark M. Adam CZ. Wake up. Well, big week. Time for another beatdown. We're easily the better team. Just stay composed, even if it's that gross orange blue on the other side. Just execute. They have their quarterback. We have multiple guys on both sides of the ball that can make them pay for mistakes or poor execution. The way we executed at Hard Rock gives me real confidence that we'll see another dominant win and we have them at Doak in a night game. We could rush for 300 yards in this game. And mm. Jordan seems to be running really hard again when he pulls it and takes off. Nightmare for their defensive coordinator. Agree? Notice how I didn't identify either program by name. Right. Solid. A question for you guys. Well, nightmare for their DC. Probably, yeah. Uh, which go check out the video with yeah. Jordan after practice Tuesday when I'm like, I literally ask him, I'm like, hey man, like the way you guys are playing right now, can any team like figure out a way to stop you guys for sixty minutes? And he, he literally just laughed. So that's where they're yeah, they're at right they're now. very confident and yeah. with good reason. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they are a nightmare for DCs. Like yeah. at least the ones they've faced this year. Like who's been the best? Like who's done the best job with them? Wake, NC I guess. State, I guess. All right, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, NC State for sure. NC State's the best defense they faced, and uh, they just even then they just. They just po pooped yeah. the bed. Yeah. They just pooped the bed in the second half. That's right, NC State. But other than that, you know, they they kind of moved the ball. And even in that game, they ran for they had like did they have like almost three hundred yards at the half? Something like it, that. Two ninety. It's something maybe. crazy yeah. Yeah. against a really good defense. They just and then they just they were horrible in the in the second half. But they they're doing they just do this to everyone. Great defenses, bad defenses, pretty good defenses. They put up 300 yards and a half against you. It's just kind of what they do. So, yeah, they, they are a nightmare, and they should be very confident in how they're playing. It's like on a micro scale, the terms of the transformation almost, not really transformation is probably too strong of a word, but like, I could not imagine Jordan Travis making that decision ever again as long as he's the quarterback in Florida State that he made against NC State. I could not imagine him kind of like getting frazzled and forcing something. I but, think, man, don't you think – and this this shouldn't be in play, but it absolutely was. Um, if this Fitzgerald, the one that's striping every kick right down no, the middle, even the one he missed no. against Syracuse, no, I think that changes everything. Great. I think yeah. that changes the quarterback's decision making. He Maybe. would never say it. Yeah. You, you you can't leave it up to a kick right there. But now, with the way Fitzgerald's kicking, the whole goal would be let's just get seven or eight yards and give Ryan a thirty yard field goal. Yeah, and I feel you know what I mean. That's yeah. what I think his thought process would be. Yeah, his his kick in period three of Tuesday was the hey man, he, get it out of the system of like a Monet or whatever. It would it was, ugh. Um, but anyhow, I think Monets are the ones that are gross up close, right? I don't even. I was wasn't that the line a, from Clueless? I don't know. I was, I was trying to say a piece of art. Sometimes uh, a you know a, a masterpiece. It was the complete opposite right. of a masterpiece. Question for you guys: You've been working your tails off covering a historic program back on the rise. Great content and war chants nonstop. I love it. 
after we win Friday night, are you guys ready for a little break before the bowl, or do you not want the season to end? The last five weeks have been so fun. I imagine the most fun you've had covering FSU. Go Knowles. Can't wait to see the video from CP with the kickstands, funnels, and whatever Corey decides to do. Aslan, you'll be there, right, if they win? No. We'll come up to CP for that. No, we might need you to film it. I'll be sleeping. I'll All right. Well, yeah, we're 11, sleeping. We're, yeah, 11, you guys will be getting hammered at 1130 in the morning, man. Miss yeah, me with that. I got I to gotta figure out if I can talk them into, like, after the Ohio State-Michigan game. What do, you, what do you guys are afraid is going to, like, what's going to happen? Like, you're going to ruin the Michigan-Ohio State game if you guys do it at 2 o'clock at halftime or something? Yeah, I, I don't know. You're, it's a good point. I we got I nothing has been well planned when it comes to this other than a keg stand. Um, I've just said we're going to do a show. Maybe we don't even do a show. Maybe we no, just film ourselves doing keg stands. Like going to probably end up doing a show. But we owe. The, I did say we would do a happy hour, happy half hour, if they because we feel bad that we don't have one before the Florida game yeah. at CP that we would do a post one if they win because we everybody would be happy. Um, so yeah, let's hope they uh, let's hope uh, they're all doing keg stands on Saturday. That's what we're all rooting for. Are you gonna be sad that you don't cover a game next Saturday, Corey? Or are you you uh, gonna embrace the break? I mean, I, it's number one. I would say the thirteen team was still the most fun I've had covering a team. This is this is close though. Uh, really, it is. Uh, just because you know, even thirteen, as fun as it was, you know, we didn't get to watch any of the practices. We didn't get to feel like we watched the team grow. We just saw them on Saturdays. This is just it's a really unique experience to cover Florida State. When practices are open, you can talk to any player or coach you want, and they're good now. Um, but I think so. My first response when he asked that is like, no, I'll, I, I could use a break. But no, I would love for if this team had a had Charlotte next week. You know what I mean? I, I think that I, this is a fun thing to cover. I, I I do. Like, we'll get enough. We got eight months to rest. We got eight months without football, and that's fast approaching. Like, I if they if this team could keep playing – the next two or three weeks, I, I would. Uh, it, it, they're fun to watch, man, and I, I'm going to miss it until that bowl game. It's weird. I, I've at times I've told people I feel like we work hard. I don't want to say harder, less. I feel like I almost work more when it's not football season because we're we're like stretching and trying to find something football related to do every day, and it's like this anxiety almost, which. I used to have in television trying to stack and fill a show. I think poor Ira has to deal with that now because I'm just like, whatever, I did the podcast today. I'm done. Thank you, guys. Mm, yeah. uh, but like the older you get as a kid, it's like, man, to be a rock star, how awesome would that be? But then it's like, think about, think about, so we're going to cover this game at 730, 11, let's say, you know, 11 o'clock, it's final. Mm-hmm. Probably not. We'll get Norvell at 1130. By the time we're done with all the players, it'll be like midnight. They're going to do the War Chant report, or I'm sorry, the War Chant rap. Got to come back home, put that together. Probably after like one in the morning when that's up. And then I'm the guy like wind down almost. I, I can't really go out and do anything. Right? Everyone's going to be, all the bars are going to be closing by then. I want to take a shower and wind down. Can't do that. And then back to this rock star thing. As a younger guy, I'm like, man, it'd be so awesome to be a rock star. But then the older you get, you just think about, all right, so for like three months of the year, you don't sleep in your bed. You have to perform at your highest. Every single night, because it doesn't matter if it's Cleveland or if it's Denver or if it's Austin, like those people haven't seen you yet and you've got to bring it and you're getting hammered and you've got no sleep and you're on a bus and you're showering in a Winnebago and, you know, whatever to get adulation, you know, all this undulation and adulation rather figure out that word. I like undulation. You get a lot of undulation as a rock star, too. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right. I mean, there's there's a give and take. 
listen, I'd rather be doing this than pretty much anything else in the world. Um, but I, I, I'll, I'll take a few weeks of, you know, just being able to breathe. Be all right. but yeah, but you'd like to cover this team in Charlotte. That would know. be fun. What's the weather like in Charlotte? It might be cold. Might yeah, be but you'd Charlotte. be covering a team that's in a championship game. You get yeah, the gist. Yeah. You're going to be missing it in the middle of February, especially with this basketball team. Hey, shout out. <laughs> they got a dub. That was nice. That was good to see. They got some more depth. Uh, for real. I'm not, I, know, I, I, I sounded know. sarcastic. They got a dub. Uh, the, uh, Matthew Cleveland played really, really well in the second half. That was good to see, finally. Naheem McLeod really plays hard and tries. Um, that's good. Cameron Fletcher had a nice game. Cameron. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe they can win another game or two this week. They, they're in the Thanksgiving tournament in Orlando, so maybe they'll win a couple. We got more wins in Louisville. Their brand-new coach. you ain't lying. You, and I didn't realize when you texted that. I knew they were 0-5. I didn't know that they got beat like that Ooh. on uh, on Scored Tuesday. 38? They were down like 53-18 to 18 yeah. at one point in the second half. That's rough for their, for their new coach. Yeesh. That was a Kenny Payne, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah former player. All but right, yeah, uh, Aslan, you love your job. I do, on. yeah. It's a great job. Just, you know, listen, we can, you know. I was feeling really good, and then Corey mentioned the whole quarterbacks that are good have hung 30 points, and now I'm grumpy again. Mm, sorry. Uh, Estrod, 1998, wake up. The coaches will have the game plan. I assume you will talk a lot about it during the show, so my question is, um, which also go check out that interview with Mike Norvell when he's asked about if there's overlap between Louisiana and Florida because of the whole coaching, you know, Napier brought about four or five guys, and then everybody else that left or stayed back in Lafayette pretty much runs what Billy's running in Gainesville. <laughs> and, like, Norvell's answer is great. He's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, and then he ends it with, like, yeah, yeah, we, we've, been, we've been playing for this. we got to plan a place. Yeah, okay. we're good. Right. He's says, like, yeah, we're good. Oh, um, did he really? Yeah, it's, it's All incredible. Right. Okay, Mike. It's incredible All right. how confident they are. And it's not. I don't think it's overconfidence either. It's just, like, they um, – yeah, they just know that all the all the stars are aligning. All right, your favorite victory over Florida, and when we get the win, where will this one rank? I assume it's importance to the climb. I am assuming it's importance to the climb, and therefore we'll have bigger and more important contributions to our return to greatness. All right, his favorite win over Florida, 80. I was there. I was 12. You could feel the Charlie Pell Gators, 107 recruiting violations. Mm. Wayne Peace. They were getting ready to start their six-game win streak. They were up 13-3 to at half, but old Rick Stockstill. Hardest Johnson, the Knowles, fought back for a 17-13 victory, moved us to 10-1, up from 3-2 to in the rankings, and set up for our rematch with Oklahoma. 98, a close second. Rooster, P-Dub, take down the Gators. The electricity in the stadium was unreal. Oh, if Winky had not gotten hurt, that would have been another title. Maybe. Probably. Uh, they win this one. Where will it rank? Well, I don't know if we're talking like in our lifetime or the ones that we've actually attended. Um, listen, I haven't seen Florida State beat Florida. Get ready for it since 2003 in person. Mm. I haven't been in person. As I, but the only other Gator game I saw after that was 2004 because that's just how well, then, you know, obviously the Tebow run comes into play there. And like I, I want no part of being in a stadium watching Florida State lose to to Florida. So I'm like, I'll I'll sit these ones out. Then when Jimbo got things good, I was in Montana and I'm like, man, I I gotta cover the games up here. Um and then Mississippi I gotta cover the Egg Bowl. So I really couldn't come and leave. Um uh, so I've I've seen them win two and lose one. I saw two thousand two, two thousand three, and they lost two thousand four. If they win this one, I'll I'll put it right 
between 2003, my favorite, and 2002, my second favorite. I'll, I'll bump that to second. It'll be more important than any of those wins, though, the 2002 or 2003, when, in terms of the contribution to the return to greatness, as he says. Maybe. I mean, well, don't we need hindsight to, to know that for sure? I mean, we'll, we can reflect on it in five years well, and see I, how important it was. Well, 2000, it would be a, 2002, 2003 didn't portend to anything good. No, no, so. but I'm saying this might not either. I certainly well, hope it does. Well. I expect it to, but you, you never know. So cynical, um, Corey. Snap out of it, man. It's not. It's a realist. I, we we don't know what this team's going to be in twenty twenty five. I think it'll be all. I think it'll be very good, but who knows for sure? So we can't say that. Like the two thousand ten win was massive. It basically retired Urban Meyer again um, after his two week hiatus the year before when he quit, um, and it it showed that Jimbo had kind of taken over the state. And at the that, moment, at the time, or in hindsight? No, and well, in both. In the moment, you're like, man, that's crazy. Florida State last year just lost to this team by, I mean, they could have lost by 100 if they wanted to, and now they're beating them that, in Jimbo's first year. And then, obviously, you saw what happened the rest of that half. I mean, the next five or six years, Florida State dominated Florida and was one of the best programs in the country. I, that was a very good sign. Um, I don't know that we, we have to, but, you know, we didn't think that in 2012, right? Right. When they lost to Florida, it was it was after you know it was 13, 14, 15 that you you realize what 2010 really meant. And so I think it'll be like that. But I um I, I think I hope it will be like that. But we don't know for sure. So just on pure enjoyment, it's to me it's all it'll always probably be the 98 game um, because of like I said the the context of what had happened the years before. Um, but this would be. It's hard to say this is like bigger than what? Like those games where they're both in the top 10, yeah. which was every year of the 90s, and you beat them more than you didn't. Like it's hard to say this would be bigger than any of those, but I don't know. We'll see. So it's tough to answer. It's a good question. It's just it's just tough to answer. Let's hope they, hey, let's hope we're having to talk about it in a few years though, that they actually did win this game and it was a big deal. Jangle Lang, what's up, fellas? In the spirit of Thanksgiving, what are you most thankful for when it comes to the 2022 Knowles? I, for one, am thankful for you two Jagaloons and all the entertainment you bring to us on a daily basis. Gets me through my chores and morning routine. Hope you all have a great Thanksgiving. Can't wait to watch the keg stands, funnels, and shots of vodka meos Saturday. Knowles 38, Gates 18, says Jangle Lang. Okay, that's a good, so on the under. Yeah. The under the fi the under fifty eight. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um, well, man, I was thinking I, I I'm not going to because I'm just lazy. I uh, I might. I don't know. We'll see. I was gonna write like one of those cliche goofy thankful columns for yeah, Thanksgiving. You did that like three years ago. Man. I do it all the time. That's what you do. Hey, when I grew up, Furman Bisher wrote it every year in yeah. the uh, AJC. It's just part of a tradition. Yeah. But they would be different. Like this year, it would be. Uh, Alex Atkins would be every other word. Yeah, yeah, that's mine for most thankful. Jordan Travis too, man. Like, just what he's he he made them tolerable in twenty and twenty one. Like they they wouldn't have won anything if he wasn't around. So he won them some games and made them at least competitive in others. But he's turned into one of the better quarterbacks in the United States, and this offense has become a wrecking ball, and it's just really cool to see. And it's been really fun, and I'm really thankful that I that that we get to cover an offense and a football team like this again. It doesn't need a full out thirty for thirty, but remember when they used to do like thirty for thirty shorts. Yeah, I really want to know like how you talk about like a butterfly effect. Like, how did Jordan come across 
the the screen to like Willie or Kendall or vice versa. Like I just want to know, was it one of those things where it's like, oh, this kid from the state of Florida, we need a quarterback. Let's see. Or like, did they know of him? Because it's just think about like how innocuous it was for this kid whose brother played baseball at Florida State from the state of Florida, was at Louisville, wasn't happy, you know. And clearly they didn't think highly of him from the jump because it took forever for him to get an opportunity finally. And then once he finally does, those guys are gone, uh, you know. My thought is that his head coach didn't believe in him. His offensive coordinator did. And finally, the offensive coordinator convinced the head coach to finally hand things over to this guy. Then the offensive coordinator leaves him. But then he still ends up pulling together and having a great career. So it's amazing, really, when you think about it. Plus that it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a journey for my man. Can't wait to see him in 2023. Yeah. Mimi14, wake up. First time poster in the Renegade Express. They put two exclamation marks. I'll just say, wake up. I met Corey and Aslan here in Jacksonville at Top Golf. This is Linda. What's up, Linda? What's up, Linda? When did we go to Top? Was that for Willie? Yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago, yeah. Linda. It's twenty nineteen. Uh, that's like after I broke up with my girlfriend. I remember one of the ladies there was like, "Aslan, we haven't heard you talk about your girlfriend on the show. What happened?" I'm like, "Yeah, she dumped me." They're like, "Oh, we yeah. knew. We could. We yeah. felt it." I'm like, "Yeah, thanks." Can't wait till you get a new one. <laughs> me too. Steffi's going to have competition as the first lady of Wake Up War Chant. No. By the way, how about the what about the uh, the one you didn't want to talk about last week? Is thanks any Thanksgiving plans or anything? Well, I'm going home. Um, oh, I didn't right. hear from her on Tuesday though. That's not a good sign. Whole Probably day not. without hearing of anything. You know. Oh, but y'all were in a spot where you were going back and forth for days. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah, all right. Been... Well, hey, might have been a busy day. Yeah. Who knows? All right. Just read a thread about who the officials are for Friday's game. I know you can tell us. I don't know. I, I looked up the game notes, and usually they, sometimes they'll put the referees in the game notes. They don't usually. I don't remember ever seeing them until you get to the press box and they, the have, the, they have the flip card on, on each seat in the press box that gives you the rosters, the starters, the two deep, and then it'll say officials for the game. That's the only time I ever remember ever seeing it, except for like national championship games. You'll, you'll know ahead of time for those. Or, well, maybe even not that. They just announced which crew was doing it, like which conference's crew was doing it. But no, I, we won't know. I don't think that will be public until 5 o'clock on Friday. And by the way, I was thinking about this. Is it ACC? So it, it'll be SEC officials, right? Man, I was just about to say, cause I, I remember 2003, Jack Childress, ACC ref in the swamp. Yeah. But then after some of the calls they thought were dubious, yeah, you get your own. You get the because remember last year when the, the yeah because it was the ACC officials that screwed up the the fourth down at the the Florida's final touchdown when it should have been fourth and goal and they had it first and goal. Uh, that whole thing I wrote a whole column yeah, about it because yeah. they screwed it up so badly right. and then I called the ACC offices. Well, I wouldn't have called them if it was an <laughs> SEC crew doing it. Right. So uh, so yeah, that was so it's got it's going to be the SEC officials um, in this one. Okay, so they're back to doing that then, because I think there's there's for a while, think, it, right? Well, I think because after Childress, because it was you had opposing conference at the home field, you know, so it was it was in the swamp, but it was ACC refs in the swamp, and then after that, I was like, whoever's home gets their referees from their conference. So I don't, they might maybe they swapped it back to that, but I I clearly remember that's how it went. They flipped it. I'll read this question. Maybe I can research the the crew from last week or last year and, and figure it out. Um, or maybe I'll need to read two. It's Eric. 
Wake up, Noel gentlemen. It's rivalry week with those Gators. I don't see this game close at all. I see the Noles taking down the Gators at Doak 50-17. to That's right. Okay. You're hearing it right now. Jordan Travis is going to throw for over 200 and have four touchdowns. Benson and Ward will combine for 100 yards each, and they'll each have a touchdown. Party going crazy all day Friday, Saturday at the corner pocket with Keck stands. Go Noles. Eric from Tallahassee. Hit the thumbs up. Hit the like button, guys and gals. Subscribe to War Chant. For only 10 bucks, drink your delicious Deluna coffee. Happy Thanksgiving, War Chant crew and pillars. Hey, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. I want to say that as much as possible. Man, yeah, if they put up 50, we're, we're all dancing. I'm going to be dancing on the field after the game for the War Chant rap. So are you, Aslan. You're going to make a cameo yeah. if, they, if they score 50. Because you know the, the music will be playing from that suite um, above us. So, yeah, man, that's, uh, that, that would be remarkable. I think they've only scored 50 once on them. In 88, they beat them 52-17. I think that's the only time they've scored 50 on them. Okay. All right, yeah, I'll, I can look it up after this. RBI 1984. Favorite Noel win, 77, Hogtown. 37-9, Wally Woodham, Jimmy Jordan. Bobby called them Wally Jim Jordan. Uh, passing the lights out of their defense while our defense swarmed all over them. We'll never forget the methodical way the Knowles came out to the field before kickoff with a get-down-to-business attitude. It was also had to be the first time in a long time they had beaten them because they had been so bad for so long, and that was Bobby's second year, and it kind of confirmed what certainly looked to be the case that, oh, this guy can really coach. Like, they're nine, they're about to be 9-2. and two. They're 8-2 and two after two years ago losing almost every game. Uh, so yeah, that was, and, and, and beating the bejesus out of them like that. Yeah, that was a, that was a really big win. That was one of my dad's all time favorite wins. Yeah. All right. So it looks like we're back to how it used to be. Uh, looking up at 29, I can't, I, the quickest thing for me to find was 2019, 2019. That was in the swamp. Uh, head referee was Marcus Woods. He's an ACC ref. So okay. it will be SEC referees by that pattern. Wait, Friday say night. that again? What? You said 2019 it was an SEC referee? ACC referee. Oh, I got you. Okay, it was I in the swamp. SEC. I might okay, have. I gotcha. apologize. He is an ACC ref, Atlantic Coast got Conference. It. I apologize. All right. Growing up, my dad used to take me to the game at the stadium. We'd watch our favorite team play, and then we'd always eat at Zaxby's. That's why it means so much to me that Zaxby's is the official chicken of college fans. To me, they go together perfectly. It reminds me of my dad and... Oh, come on! Now, I take my kids to the game, and we always eat at Zaxby's, too. It's tradition. We're proud to be the official chicken of college fans. Zaxby's, indescribably good. And don't forget to listen in for the Zaxby's indescribably good player of the week every Monday on Wake Up War Chant. Drill Sergeant Porter, wake up. First, happy Thanksgiving. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Also, there's different ways you can hunt gators in Florida. You can go to a hunting preserve where they will guide you to find one. Okay. If it's a preserve, why are you hunting them, though? Well, to preserve uh, your life and your family's life. Another is the state of Florida has a lottery every year where they have a drawing to select who gets a gator tag. Also, the one in the picture I was sitting on was still alive while we measured after I caught it. It was almost 10 feet, so that was the keeper. That is a big reptile. Uh, Louisiana is like, is it kind of crazy that like if I met uh, Drill Sergeant Porter out, we could have a beer and talk and like have a really normal human interaction and our lives are so completely different. 
You know what I mean? Like we we have just he has seen some things and done some things that have never even crossed my mind. Uh, but we, you know, we're we're we, we're still we're still in a Florida State football. We still got that common bond, man. Uh, he says that Louisiana is big with their gator hunting as well. I decided for the game. Drum roll. Creamy Cajun shrimp and gator sausage pasta. Mmm. All right. Save me a bowl. If you're going to be at the game drill, Sergeant Port, let me know where you're tailgating. I'll try to walk through it. Uh, actually, maybe I won't be able to get there. But in Question for uh, next week, Drill Sergeant, is what do you hunt gator with? Is it a bow? Is it a shotgun? Yeah. Do you have to wrestle it and stab it? I, you know, and carve out its belly. I, I don't know how. I don't know how any of the gator hunting works. So that's next for next week's uh, edition. Uh, back to the game. My truth. Wake up. I think we are jam up and jelly tight going into the gator game. Is I've that, never heard that before. I haven't either. Is that a saying? I use it. Start it. Right. It's as if this offense takes just what it's given. So what will the Gators be looking to take away from this offense? The run game, but can can you though? I, no. I would think. Okay. I mean, you could take it away as as if like, okay, we're gonna put nine guys up there. But even then, you hit one little crease, and what would have been an eleven yard run turns into a seventy yard touchdown um, because there's nobody back there. But you you you, I guess you could say all out, we're going to take the run away. We're not going to let them beat this. Beat, up, beat us running the ball. But don't you think the other teams have tried that? And also, can you really do that with Jordan Travis and these receivers and yeah. the way the passing game's working? Exactly, yeah. I just I, That just seems like you're setting it. Oh, you just want to cover all our guys one-on-one and leave the middle of the field open? All right. we There's a quarterback that can exploit that. This isn't, you know, even last year. Well, Jordan Travis was pretty good against them last year too, but certainly not what you saw. The last time Florida played... Florida State in Tallahassee was uh, who was the quarterback? I guess, it was, I guess it was Francois, right? Remember that game, Aslan? How awful oh, it was! Oh gosh, twenty eighteen was gross. Yeah, that was gross. And then Blackman was the next year. Like this, this, this passing game's different, man. You okay? Do everything you can to stop the run. Number one, good luck because people aren't traditionally doing that. But if if you do that, you ha- you're facing a team that can throw for four hundred yards on you, like he did against Georgia Tech. Complete 21 of 23 like he did against Syracuse. Or run all over you like they did against Miami and, uh, well, everybody. I wonder what the Louisiana coaches that are friends with Napier. Although, I'm like, I'd be like, hey, man, you didn't bring me to Gainesville with you. Like, pound Good sand. point. Yeah, I don't, do you think they're sharing information? Because, yeah, they might be upset that they're not, they're still in Lafayette and not in Gainesville. Fuller and Norvell talked about, almost made it sound like it's like nearly a certainty that there's, conversations going on between those those uh, staffs but like i don't i don't really know like what louisiana could have told them like yeah man just they're they're that much better than us they have answers to pretty much the test yeah and what secrets could you get that you wouldn't just see on the film right. you know and what in louisiana didn't even play johnny wilson they don't even know what that's about no um so yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I mean, they what Jordan th- complete nine passes in that game. Just, it, I feel like it's going to be a different game than the one on Saturday. I guess run blitzes, but I mean, again, you figured somebody would have figured out maybe that's a way to do it. But again, it goes back to like they're not predictable, man. They right, you know. So 
and they have a quarterback that sees it really well, and that does not mean just sees the, the defense when he's passing. Like, there was a play in that Louisiana game. I think it was third and seven. And Jordan, before the pre, pre-snap, realizes where the run, where the pressure is coming from, where the defense has shifted to. He just shifts the play. He just calls a running play to the left. He audibles out of whatever was called on third and seven and just calls an off-tackle play to Benson that's an easy 18 yards because he can just – he sees it and he reads the defense really well. So, obviously, Florida has probably more talented players than Louisiana on defense, but – you have a quarterback that at least through the first 11 games has been has been seeing it and reading it very, very well. I am Ira, mm. but it's not Irish O'Fell. How do you know? I, I, I don't. You're right. Yeah, that's right. He might have a burner. Will the Knolls shrink in the home spotlight Friday? They have received many pats on the back the last few weeks and have many reasons to feel as though they have arrived and can beat anyone. Is this team as mature as we want them to be? Yeah, well, we'll see, right? That, again, I brought that up. That, that That is a concern I have. It's just how they handle the moment. I'm not predicting it, I, that they'll handle it poorly. I'm not predicting that they'll shrink. I want to see that they won't. I also, in a weird way... um. Well, no, don't understand. I if I had my druthers, they win by forty-five points. Uh, the the column's easier to write. Uh, it's a lot more laid back, and the, everything's better about that. The, the The off season would be better, but I would like to see this team the way it's currently constructed. This roster, this unit, this team, in a game in the second half, and how they handle it. Um, because they have that again, when you're talking about steps and you're talking about progress, you can't necessarily, they say they, you, they handled, they've handled the last three really well. The last three close games they played, they lost. Um, so when they get challenged and when somebody doesn't back down and they don't steamroll them and they get punched in the mouth, can they counter and not give up a 27 0 run or a 28 0 run? Um, I, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not predicting that's going to happen, but I do want to see how they handle a real game and a real challenge because I think this will be one. That doesn't, even if it's a close game, I don't think that means they shrunk, you know, shrink in the moment. Now, if they go out and look horrible for a quarter and a half and, and let a team go on a run like that, then yeah, I think you could say they, they, they shrunk in the moment. But if they just are in a tough game, it, you know, Florida's got some talented players and, it might just be an awesome game, and hopefully they can do enough to win it at the end. Yeah, I don't have a lot of – I didn't have a lot of doubt about this game going into it here, but the more we talk about it, you kind of have to maybe entertain some of this sort of stuff. And, I mean, I have just too much confidence that you got Fabian and Jared and Coop. Like, who's going to let the defensive line slack? You got Tatum at linebacker being your quarterback. I mean, you got Jamie. Renardo's playing so well. At the other corner spot, there's there's too much talent and seniority laden leadership across every part of the football to like to to fall short in this. This isn't you know this isn't like a an overly young team going to their first big game right. together. I just can't imagine them just everybody deciding to have the worst possible game on the worst possible time, which is that's how it almost characterized them shrinking. And they're really buttoned up, right, on defense. Yeah. Like, they don't give up big plays, except yeah. for the one to Clemson. Well, two to Clemson. They don't give up big plays. So, again, just don't, don't give them free points. Just don't don't have a bust 
where they get you for a 75-yard touchdown because your safety went the wrong way and you forgot to cover someone. Make them go down, earn it down the field with four or five first downs because I think the longer you have them on the field, the better chances are they're going to make a mistake or you're going to get that stop. Just don't give them free 70-yard touchdowns. Hey, Georgia Tech had beat Virginia the week before they came to Tallahassee, right? Like on a Thursday or Friday, I feel like. Because Florida State was no, coming they, off a bye they week. No, lo- they lost that game. They lost to Virginia? They lost on that Thursday okay. night, yeah. Right. And, and that's when Sims got hurt for good. Yeah. Yeah, man, I don't – these last four games have just been storybook almost in terms of like how – I mean, Miami I still think – you know, I'm, I'm not going to take any away from Miami. I, I think Miami came into that game wanting it, needing it, trying hard, and then Florida State – promptly dispose and dispatch of them i know louisiana is probably going to do a bowl game but I mean, they had their backup quarterback uh you know georgia tech came into that game with a backup quarterback syracuse had lost three straight games and that dome wasn't anywhere near capacity it felt like they were probably kind of giving up on the season but then they bounced back and beat the and they hung tough with uh and put up like 500 yards on wake four so what do i know yeah yeah, stop making me doubt things. They won't shrink. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Stop putting these doubt thoughts in my head, everybody. Yeah, Schrader looked good in that game, too. Like, it, it really might be like, uh, well, probably not. I, th- I think Schrader was a little banged up. But, I mean, I, it really might be Florida State just <laughs> dominated that Syracuse team. That's not a bad team. No. Just straight up dominated them. Again, Syracuse has played some good teams. And they've lost to them. They haven't looked like that. No. I mean, they got embarrassed at home. They got absolutely owned um, again, that's just not whether Schrader wasn't 100 percent or not. That's that wasn't supposed to happen. That was crazy. You get like stiff armed. That I mean, Malik McLean stiff arm was yeah wasn't that violent. This guy's like on roller skates. It's like God, they, they just they just did not come out. Just too good. Hard. Just too good, man. So just don't give them any hope. I mean, more so than any other game. Always you want to start fast. This game, I think, of any contest this season, you definitely need to come out. And jump out to a lead and hold on to it. All right, let's. Uh, we got several more. Been, I mean, as yeah, long. come on now. We, 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 we can't. We can't. Well, we, we got about 12 more minutes left. Let's get through as many as we can. Mile High Noles from Cannon City, Colorado. Question Which of the following two scenarios, if they were actually would have happened, would have had a bigger impact on Florida State? Scenario one 95, Randy Moss finds a way to stay on the roster and has full three years of Florida. That one. Scenario two would have been uh, if Bowden would have been able to get Tebow to come mm-hmm. to Tallahassee. No, that one. The first one. They, they win They win back-to-back-to-back national championships. All right. Thank you. Appreciate yeah. your mile high, Noel. It's first time posting. It was 13 seconds. Hey, man, we're, go- we're going through them. It's a fair, it's a fair question, it. but Randy Moss was incredible. He would have won two Heismans. I love it. I love it. Let's keep going, Corey. It's our guy, Derek. Peter Warwick would have been the other receiver. The other guy. Think about that. I mean, you're being, you're being like somewhat sarcastic, but that's crazy. No, I'm not. He would have been the other guy. Like, wow, number nine's pretty good, too. Amazing. Amazing. XDQ004. It's our guy, Derek. Wake up. Um. All right, question. What do you think the lines would be against these potential bowl opponents? Here are his. We'll, we'll agree or disagree. He says Bama would be, uh, I, I guess he's saying what Florida State would be. Florida State would be plus three versus Bama. 
That sounds. About I think it'd be. Right. I, I think it'd be more than that. Uh, really? Alabama's favored by double digits, no matter where they play. Yeah. Um, I, again, though, is Bryce Young playing? Probably not. It's Willian. Like, it's hard to even know because if they were playing this Alabama, like if they were playing Alabama this week, I think Florida State is a ten-point dog. Yeah. Because everybody is to Alabama. And I would take Florida State plus ten. They got two loss Alabama ahead of Clemson in the playoff poll. Florida State sixteenth in that one, by the way. Two loss LSU ahead of one loss Southern Cal. How, yeah, like what, uh, what's Alabama's best win, Aslan? And is it better than Clemson's <laughs> best win? Because Clemson's best win was on the road at number sixteen, Florida State. That's a pretty good win. Like, yeah, I guess I don't know where Ole Miss is right now, but they did beat Ole Miss. So yeah, I mean, that might I be the best. Uh, uh, yeah, right. Is and that they, as good as Clemson? well? Then, then they Clemson? lost. No. I mean, they lost on a, a two-point conversion at the end of the game, and then they lost on what, like a fifty-yard uh, field true. goal they, in overtime did, or something. Yeah, Tennessee. You're right. But they barely beat Texas. They barely beat somebody else. A and M. Yeah. They barely beat that Texas A and M team, yeah. and it does not matter, right? It just right. doesn't matter because it's Alabama. They barely well, beat Texas they A&M who lost six games in a row. Though. We, I'd want that benefit of the doubt if it was us in 2000. You know, I'd want that. Well, I guess. All right, I let's – uh, Purdue, Florida State favored by 14. Correct. I like that. Illinois yeah. favored by 10, Florida State. I think so, too. Yeah. And you get a chance to talk to the Newton kid, uh, show him what your program's all about so he can hit the portal and – Come. Talk about their defensive lineman. I'm going to look him up again real quick. Okay. Keep uh, talking. Texas, he says, favored by seven. I, th- I think it would be like a three and a half, the line. Oregon, he says, minus three. Um, yeah, I'll take that. That sounds about right. Support the sponsors and Rising Spears and go Knowles. Yeah, those were all, I think those were all fair lines. I, I just think the Alabama one, just because I know Vegas, they the, the, people are going to bet on Alabama, and they know that. I, I think they moved that number up. They wouldn't, it wouldn't be just three. But all the other ones seemed about right. Esquint 67, wake up. Hate week is here. In the 90s, they used to beat the drum all week, 24 hours a day on campus leading up to the Florida game. In my time, they did it for the Miami game. But I guess maybe they did it for the Florida game as well. No matter the situation, at the end of the year, this is the game that matters the most. It's Florida. Uh, UF. I think this Friday night game might actually be better than a Saturday showdown. Let's throw them a beat down. No question this week, but a funny story. My younger sister went to Florida. There were two years in which we both were in school, and those Thanksgiving breaks, we barely spoke. Blood's thicker than water. Maybe it's not. Mm. Go mm. Knowles, beat Florida, Esquint 67, class of uh, 93. Shout out. I think they probably didn't do it in your time, Aslan, because weren't kids gone? Like, the students were gone when they played Florida. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, because I remember it was Miami was the war drum game. Like, I remember going to Doak at, like, midnight and freaking pounding it when I was drunk. No. Oh, the drum. Yes. The drum. Got it. Understood. Jerzan Newton. He's still the, uh, he's, he's let's see, the second best power five defensive tackle in the country, according to Pro Football Focus. Okay. Just behind a kid from Pitt. Is he from Florida? Is he one of the guys on the? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's, one, he's a sophomore, and he's from, uh. Well, it doesn't say here. But, yes, he is from Florida. I looked it up. Okay. Jerzan Newton. All right. 6'2", 295. Nice. Oh, his draft eligible year is 2025. Oh, man. Plenty Jerzan, of trade on the time. what are you doing, dude? Come on now. Is Jerzan Newton coming to Florida State? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. I, I can't say he's not. 
Jock underscore jams wake up. First time poster adding to the Florida hate. In New Orleans, I shared my epic story about winning the college game day sign of the week at a random New York City stop. I remember that. Uh, back in 17, the Gators had not scored a touchdown in some time. So in my Tuck Febo shirt, I went to Times Square at 4 in the morning with a sign that read, easier to get Hamilton tickets than a Florida touchdown. Hashtag go Gator. Nice. Um, I remember that. I remember meeting him in New Orleans. I remember him talking about that. Uh, my best troll bleep the Gators. I'll send you a photo about all that. Knowles by 10. Question, who's a cringier fan base, A&M or Florida? A&M. I mean, those, those yell guys are, but on the whole... I think the people that actually sit in the stands, I'll give it to Florida. But those, but I guess. But aren't you by 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 those yell guys still being such a prevalent part of your program? Aren't you condoning it and embracing it? <laughs> like, wouldn't is a wouldn't the Florida State fan base, if that stuff was going on, some nonsensical tradition from seventy years ago was still going on in say twenty seventeen, there'd be a meeting and people would be like, nope, we don't want this anymore. This is embarrassing. Let's stop it. But no, A and M, they just keep rolling with that. They just keep rolling with it. Like, yeah, this is, well, isn't this a fun tradition? No, it's unbelievable. And you know, those they're all doing it. Like, they're all they're all practicing their yells. So I, I'd still say, uh, I get it. I get it. I've, I've been in that in Ben Hill Griffin Stadium quite a few times. I get what you're saying, but I I like I would say Florida State has its own share of Florida ish fans. I think it's fair to say that every Check fan base Twitter. in the South yeah. does. Yeah. I don't think Florida State has any yell practice fans. I, I, I just don't. I don't. I think that's Texas. That's unto Texas A&M itself. They're the only ones that have it and deal with it, and it is gross and weird. Murdoch Loco, wake up! First time poster, long time listener. I live in Robertsdale, Alabama. Alma mater of Apple's Tim Cook, but I'm a Samsung guy. Um, you know Tim Cook was from Alabama. Yeah, he is. Right. He went to Auburn. He went to Auburn under. Oh, I didn't know that at all. Yeah, yeah. I had a quick question, Aslan, uh, from for you and a recommendation for Corey. Aslan, what water are you drinking in that big green bottle during your live shows? Uh, it is the Mountain Valley Spring Water. Still, not the uh, sparkling. Still, it's delicious. If you're if you can really taste the difference between bottled water. Like spring water and purified water and all the other crap. Like if you can actually tell the difference, I recommend drinking this. If you can't, you're gonna waste three dollars on it. But I love it. It's um it's amazing. But a lot of times I just fill up with water out of my fridge and just like the bottle. Uh, but the real stuff actually is amazing. Corey, I recommend to you cherry blackberry mio. I've tried most of them over the last several years. It's by far my favorite. Thanks for all you guys do and the entire War Chance staff. Love you guys. Hit the like button. Eat Zaxby's. Drink the Luna. Go play some trivia at Corner Pocket. Go Knowles from Alabama. I will take you up on that. I think I've had the Black Cherry. I think that's Stephanie's favorite, and I just didn't take it. But it's not because they don't do a great job over at Mio. It's just that I'm, I've never been a big Black Cherry fan, so it could be the best Black Cherry on earth. It still wouldn't taste great to me. But I think that is Stephanie's it, uh, favorite. Cherry Blackberry, though, Corey. Cherry oh, Blackberry. Oh, no, I don't know that I've had that. All right. Okay. Let's be on the lookout I thought, for that. Because there's a black cherry. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'll give that a try. Thank you for the tip. Yeah. I also just looked up Drazan Newton, Aslan. <laughs> He's from Clearwater, Clearwater Central Catholic in St. CCC. That's Tom's alma mater. That's Dylan oh, is Gibbons. it really? That's Dylan Gibbons' alma mater. Yeah. That's where Dylan Gibbons is from? Yeah. That's where Riley Cooper went to school as well, yeah. Well, anybody else on the Florida State team? Nobody else went to CCC. Uh, Aiden Sherriari, the kicker, 97. He so went to you CCC. got two connections to this kid. 
I mean, come on, man. What are we doing? What are come we on, doing? Come on, All right, got two more. We, we did it. Uh, the okay. Walking Knoll. It's our guy Walker in Alabama. Walking Knoll 01. What a week, guys. I'm fired up to be here. I feel like this one is one of the most important questions we can ask this week. Will Deuce Robinson be in town this weekend? I might have missed it, but I don't ever think I got an answer from Michael. And I do understand he's really busy, so I don't want to keep bothering him. Well, you can. That's his job. You can you can bother about recruiting questions. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I don't I don't know. I went and checked his thread for you, Walker, and uh, he doesn't have his name in there. Also, I think because it is a Friday game, that'd probably be a tough visit to happen coming from Arizona. Uh, I also checked Twitter before he did this, and I didn't see anything about him visiting on Twitter. And again, Michael's got a thread up on the premium recruiting board with expected visitors. Deuce is not listed as one of those guys, but again, we're recording this at a different time. So maybe he'll pop on it later, but feel free, man. I'll, I'll tag Michael in a thread on the PRB for you so you're not bothering when I do. There we go. Last one, we made it, Corey. Steel 2127. Wake up, fellas. First-time poster. I'm from Amityville, New York, home of the Horror House. It's a beautiful yeah. house, though. Um, here's my question. Let's say you guys are at the negotiating table with Norvell. I like this. I didn't even read I, I like this. Good. At what dollar amount do you let him walk? Seven? Six million, and why? I would give him whatever he wants, but it's not my money. On a side note, I want Oregon in a bowl game. Master versus student. Let's go, Knowles. Did you see that Dillingham tweeted out uh, something about the bamboo offense? No, did he? Yeah, yeah, it was funny. And I think it had something to do in relation to Florida State. Okay. Like how much how, how Florida State was really good now. Uh, their offense was really good, and I think he, I thought he retweeted it with a with a a, a gif of a bamboo growing. Right. Nice, nice. Never forget. I would say, oh man, I I don't know, eleven, sixteen. It's oh, not, yeah. Wow. It's all goofy. It's wow. all goofy money. Um, I I would I would what I would do if I'm at the negotiating table with Mike Norbell is I would you know talk to my collectives, see all the money that's been raised. Talk to the boosters and get all the money that's been raised. Show the entire pot of money to Mike Norvell and say, buddy, let's just say, let's just say you want all of this money. That's great, but we won't be able to pay the players and we won't be able to keep your assistant coaches. So with that in mind, wanting to get Florida State back to winning national championships, what, what percentage of this do you think should be to you? And what percentage of this do you think you should go to the players? Because we've got to get you players too, and we've got to keep Alex Atkins and the like around. You know, well, you're not going to be able to keep. I mean, you can. I mean, Alex. Yeah, you, gonna, I mean, but you got to make it worth his wild. I mean, you got to like make it hard. Make it yeah. make it hard for him yeah. to leave and be competitive when like a uh, uh, Auburn tries to come and get him. Whenever whoever they hire, I mean, he's going to be wanted by everybody. You got to be competitive to keep him as your uh, your OC and your O line coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that's what you do. So if you want $7 million, great. How much do we have left? Because you're only hurting yourself and it's going to be great in the short term for you, but you might be out of a job in three years or two in, or two years because we didn't, we couldn't get you any players or we couldn't keep the assistance you wanted. So that's how I would negotiate. This is the entire pot we have to pay coaches and players at Florida state university. What percentage of it do you want? Man, Todd Munkin's making $2 million a year at Georgia. Yeah, to call three pass plays in the second half. 
It's crazy. I mean, like it's just it's a. I mean, they scored sixteen against Kentucky. They weren't even trying. They they threw one pass, I think, in the second half against Tennessee. I, it's just crazy. I just hey man, good for him. Well, I know we got to go. We'll, we'll keep this kind of short. I just I, I wonder if like they feel the I don't know the anxiety or just the, the history of of what happened with Willie because I I don't agree with it, man. But people smarter than me talk about the fact that there was belief that Jimbo whatever they could have anybody could have done it because you know Bobby did it Jimbo did it so we can hire whoever we'll keep this thing rolling which I'm like there's no way smart people really thought that it was just all Florida State and the spear on the helmet like it wasn't like Jimbo at least was engaged there for a few years and went and recruited really well but I, I well, they what, couldn't have thought that because they weren't any good before they hired Jimbo it's not like they were a machine when he right. got hired they had a they were Barely above 500. So the people that thought that are no longer really around, but maybe there's some folks in some offices that more that are. I, I can't imagine them being like, yeah, whatever. We can let him walk. We'll be fine. But at the same time, like, we can't be held hostage by the fact that this thing was so bad because the coach that was responsible for it just isn't apparently maybe an exceptionally good football coach. He's kind of clinging on to things right now in Boca Raton right now. But I don't know who else is out there that you'd be like, all right, whatever. Well, I mean, you let him walk away because he, he wants seven and a half, and we're like, we're only going to go 6.8. Like, over the, the difference of whatever that is, $700,000, you're going to let him walk, and then who's your backup? Like, who are you going to go get if he walks away? Um, it would be wild, though, man, if he makes like $7.5 million. But Elijah Drinkowitz in Missouri is going to make like $6 million next year. Yeah, I think so, I think Norvell. I mean, I would I would bump him up probably. What's he at three and a half now? No, he's like closer to five. He started off oh, well, at look, four. Look that up. But we we probably should know that before we talk before we answer that. But look it up, Aslan. Look it up. Hey, you're making me do this at midnight. Look it up, buddy. All right. Uh, found the story back in 2019, December 12th. Six years, 26.5. The deal escalates each year, culminating with $5 million in salary in each of the final two years. So he gets a So, yeah, and the first year was 3.75. So he's probably right around four um, right now. Um, so six years, 26.5. I mean, you know, that's not horrible compensation. And I just, you, you can't go crazy. And it would kind of bother me if Norvell wanted you to go crazy. Because he has to know the financial limitations that come, in, come with being an, a, a head coach in the ACC. But, man, he knows what he took over and what he's created. Yeah, you would, other I mean, you would compensate him. You would compensate him. But, again, don't be so short-sighted. Not you. I'm talking to him. <laughs> like, there's, a, there's only a finite amount of money to spend. Okay, man, we'll give you a $4 million raise. Well, they're going two safeties and a defensive end. Thanks, Mike. And, oh, Atkins is going to Auburn now. But, hey, you got your money. Let us know how Memphis is in nine years when you're the head coach again over there. Like, it, it, it just wouldn't make sense. There's a finite amount of money in an ACC school, and you, you can't be greedy. And you want to get what, what, you're, what you're worth, but one eight or nine win regular season, you're, I don't know that you can go and say, hey, man, double my salary because Eli Drinkowitz is making this much money. You know, Again, the, man, I don't know if if I knew I mean, a guy, then, then he can go to Auburn, I guess. I mean, Lord, I just you, you can't you can't keep up with that. You can't you can't play that game with the SEC teams because you're going to lose. You're going to run out of money. You don't have it. 
They do. They have endless gobs of it. You don't. So you got to be smarter with it. And I think he understands that. Plus, Tallahassee, man, he gets to live in Tallahassee. He gets to deal with us. I'm saying, like, last thing real quick. I mean, if, if he made $7.5 million a year, like, what would your reaction be? You think that'd be crazy? After one season? Yeah. After one winning season? Yeah. He just got to 500 in his career at Florida State. He's literally at 500 in his coaching career. And you guys know I'm a big fan of Mike Norvell. I think he's if you won know, over. I think he's doing a great job. Yeah. He's a 500 coach at Florida State, and you're going to double his salary. You can't. I, I am so sick of presidents doing this. It is absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense. You are crushing the sport, or you have. Um, you, you've perverted it to the point where Jimmy Sexton runs the sport because you say yes to every one of his demands. A&M has to, apparently is stuck with a guy because you owe him $86 million. And you were competing with no one. You gave him an extension when nobody wanted him. Uh, Missouri gives a guy $7.5 million because what else are they going to do with the money? Got to give it to somebody. All this extra money we're getting for not winning football games, let's give it to the head coach that doesn't win football games. Um, so, yeah, I just – that would – I – he, he deserves a bump. Jimbo got a bump after 10, I think. Well-deserved. He got to 10 wins. It wasn't much of a bump, but it was a bump. And I think you'd I mean, give him a give him a 10% raise, Aslan. What about that? Like old school, like old school office style. Just give him a 10% raise. And next year, if they win, if they have another winning season, it's another 10% raise. Yeah, and I mean, I get it. I know the realities. They're going to have to bump it up. He has proven something. But is anybody coming for him right now? Who are you competing with? Do Ole you compete Miss? against yourself to give him a raise even though nobody is after him? Arizona State, Ole Miss, maybe Auburn. Yeah. I don't know, Auburn's I mean, going to probably go after Lane. So You think he would go after any of those schools? You'd go to Arizona State? You'd leave Florida State for Arizona State for an extra million No, and but a are you going to let him – are you going to call his bluff? I mean, I just I, – Because I, who know, are you going to get if he leaves? And listen, I don't Alex think Mike Atkins. Norvell's – you get Alex Atkins is who you get. All right. That's a good get answer. Alex Atkins. That's a good answer. We're gonna, if I had a microphone in my hand, I would drop it, but I have a headset around my head, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, all right. That is a wrap for us. Have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll have a show for you folks on Friday because, I don't know, We just that's what we that's do. That's how we do. That's so we're we not do. having one on Thanksgiving, though, because we want you guys to spend time with your families. Correct. Well said, Corey. Uh, don't forget, War Chant Game Day presented by Zaxby starts at 4.30, the pregame show. Four o'clock doors open atop the Hotel Indigo. Come join us for that. Uh, there will be a matchup analysis, War Chant report up on warchant.com on Thursday. So even though it's Thanksgiving and you're carving up, you can still get all the content you want over at warchant.com as well as our YouTube channel. Thumbs up, subscribe, all that stuff. My gosh, almost an hour and a half. Hmm. Corey, you're the best. He's Thanks, Corey. Buddy. I appreciate it. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.